What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Future Elite Podcast, where every Friday, not only we talk about this lovely game of football slash soccer, but we also talk about life. I'm your host, Parsa. In today's episode, we have a special guest, which I believe will add a lot of value to you as a listener and also me as a fellow coach. He's coached from coast to coast and won a lot of trophies and awards and has an experience with uh, coaching with the team of Leicester City in the Premier League. And I mean, yeah, those are just a few of his accomplishments and uh, experiences. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Michael Holter. Thank you so much for being on today's podcast, Michael. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Thank you for inviting me to be participating in the podcast. Of course, of course. It's a pleasure. All right, um, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, Michael, and then we will get into the question. Yeah, so my name is Michael. I'm born and raised in Germany. Uh, I played soccer there for youth academies um, until I was 18, and then I played for Stuttgart um, Reserves. But then when I was 21, I, I made the decision to come to the United States to pursue a college career and an education at the same time. Um, um, I loved my time there, did my bachelor's and master's here and played to college at the same time. After that, I played a little bit professionally for the New York Cosmos and then decided then when I was around 25 years old to to go full-time into coaching. And, and I've been doing this for quite a while and I love it. I, I've been directing soccer clubs and I, I coached a college team. I was the head coach of a semi-professional team. So I kind of was involved in all kind of aspects of the game in the States. So, um, yeah, I, I really don't regret coming to the United States. Right. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, what inspired you to come to America? Yeah, so I, I had a lot of my, one of my close friends always told me he was a basketball player. That it's really nice to go to the United States and 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 try try your way there because it's very difficult in Europe, you know, to make it big big time because there's a lot of good soccer players. And so I, when I was 21, I made the decision: why not try it somewhere else to come to the states? And that's why I did it. It was really um, I made the decision with my parents together to try it, and and uh, thankfully I did it, and I, I, I don't regret it. Yeah, yeah, I mean absolutely. I mean I know. Um, from uh, I've had some friends that live in Europe and have played over there as well. So they always tell me that it's so different. Like in America here, it's all about like being more physical and being more um, like conditioned and running more of the time. But over there in Europe and in South America, and uh, like it's more more technical. Correct? Uh, is that right? Yeah, so in Germany, a lot of value is, um, and the young age is on the technical ability of the ball, or on your technique and how you handle the ball. Here in America, often the case that physiques are, are very important, uh, size, speed, and strength. And I think that's a major difference um, between the both in the youth level. I think, um, as you know, technical abilities, in my opinion, is the most important aspect of the game, especially as a young player. and and just generally also in the college game, I think it's very physical in Germany and the adult game is more tactical um, and more technical also. So yeah, it's a major difference between both. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've had a lot of experiences in coaching. Um, obviously we follow each other on Instagram and I've seen that you coach basically from all ages. Um, I want to know first, like what is your 
to go philosophy of coaching? What do you believe in most when it comes to coaching slash training uh, soccer players from various ages? Yeah, so my, the main philosophy is I really want to develop that that technical ability on the ball, and that just comes from every level, not just from the youngest ones. I believe that everything should be done with the ball. Uh, even if it's conditioning, there's always a way that you can do it with the ball. When I was with Leicester City and I was with the pro team for 10 days, and even at the highest, highest level, and if you see players in front of you like Jamie Vardy and them, if you can see that they are even doing the agility part and the fitness part with the ball, that's really something that made me happy as a coach, that, it, that it's done at the highest level. So really, my biggest point as a coach is that everything should be done with the ball. Correct. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, what's the, from your experience so far, what's the most challenging part about training kids versus teenagers? Yeah, maybe the challenging part is because a lot of times, sometimes the parents are a little bit too involved and, 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 and they're worried about winning a lot. And again, it doesn't really matter if a six-year-old or seven-year-old wins the state cup of New Jersey or not, because at the end of the day, it's about making them player, making the players better and teach them important values for their life. That should yeah. be the that should be the main job for a coach because not everyone is going to be a professional soccer player. But if they gain values such as respect, being on time, teamwork, that's going to help them not just on the field, it's going to help them in life. And that's what should be more important for every coach than just making them better as a soccer player. Right, right. And is that for, uh, does that apply to teenagers as well? Like, do you see that problem from the parents as well, from the teenagers? Well, for the teenagers, sometimes, um, unfortunately, in, in, in the United States, and, and I'm sure in other countries too, but often they stop playing with 13 years old. A majority of the players, they don't play anymore after 13. I think it's important that they keep and stick with the sport, first of all. But yeah, generally speaking, with the teenagers, there's a lot of other interests now in our days, you know, with social media and all that stuff. I think that's one of the dangers there with the 13 and 14-year-olds. But, um, yeah, I would say keeping them with the sport is, if if we can do that and achieve that most players stick with soccer when they are teenagers and we right. go better pathway. What, what do you think that happens, though, like uh, when they reach a certain age? Why do you think they just, I mean, mostly in America, why do you think that happens? Like they just let go of the game? Yeah, I think maybe part of it is because of the high school system too and and and, and, the, and the, the cutting of do they make the high school team or not. I mean, some of the players don't make the high school team and they think they can't play. And, and that's not actually true at all because, as you know, a lot of times in high school soccer, coaches go for height and the smaller players that are really good don't get picked, then they lose interest and love for the game. But they are actually the one that would have more benefit, more chances later on and just are a little bit behind in their development uh, physically. So I think this, because of that, a lot of players get overseen and, 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 and don't get a fair chance because uh, a high school coach is worried about winning against a high school and he picks the tall player but not the better soccer player that is physically behind. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Do you think that's um, more of like a lack of education of the coaches or lack of understanding of the game? Because, I mean, why don't you want to have a certain player that is more technically skilled rather than someone that is more athletically skilled? 
I think it's it's a mix of everything. I mean, these coaches are like these high school coaches. They need to at the end of the day, they also need to win because they're they're athletic directors. They want to see results. And if if at the end of the day they keep losing but play only the smaller players, then it's not going to work out for them anyways. That's why I believe that even in the younger high school level, like 13, 14, 15, it shouldn't matter if a coach has a losing record or winning record. It should uh, important should be if they're all getting better on the ball and 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 picking the players that have a chance to develop the most further on in their career. I think winning in that age should not matter and a winning and losing record. I, I think starting 15, 16, 17, sure, but not like uh, 13, 14, not, not at all. Right, right. I want to get back to that winning and losing mentality because I really think that's very important, especially in that age group. Mm-hmm. They start preparing themselves, but... Um, back to when you mentioned that you were a technical director of a team, um, how did you, uh, control that team? Like, how did you, how, what were your policies or your, um, goals for that coach and other coaches to take care of the teams better? Yeah. So as a director, I really want to make sure that every coach that comes to training, um, and that I hired in the past, that I have a lot of passion for for the game because if you have a lot of passion and love for what you're doing you don't really work you know and then you you really try your best to be a mentor for your players because i think man management and to really have unconditional love for your players is much more important than having one drill that's better than the other coach it's really in the youth level players need to know that you care about them and and and, and the rest you can learn yes obviously you can tell if one coach has a better education than the other or more experience, fine. But if a player knows that this coach cares about me and he tries to make us better with the best he, he, in his ability, they will respect you anyways. So I, I really, really was, for me, it was important that the, the selection of the coaches that they care about the players, number one. Yeah. And number two, that they stick to a specific plan, which is everything with the ball. And like a little structure, I will, I like to spend the first 20 minutes on ball mastery, then into some small-sided stuff, the passing or possession style, then end it always with a game because at the end of the day, the game is the best teacher. Right. Love that. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm glad you mentioned ball mastery because I, I want to get into that too. But um, uh, how do you think, is it, how would you go about a player that, it just has a losing mindset, right? They, whenever they mess up, whenever they quote unquote lose, right? They just have a bad attitude, just have a negative attitude. How can you help that player to understand that, hey, it's okay to fail? Huh? Like, because obviously you're going to see them what? If you're a coach of a team, you're going to see them like four or five hours a week. The rest of the time, they're with other people, they're with other parents. So, how can you make those? a few hours a week count for them to understand mentally on that. Yeah, for a young player, this is very difficult to realize that on themselves and on their own. That's why this is really part of the coach because in every negative scenario, there's something positive they can take away. And and this is really very important for a coach to keep everything positive and fun and engage. And so that's why a lot of times for a coach, they learn the most if they take on a team that loses a lot. And just to make sure they keep progressing and they keep loving it regardless if they are losing all the time. So that's really, uh, for a coach, probably the best 
experience they can get to take on a weaker team to keep making them making them feel excited for every game and every practice um so i think that's really important that the coach um, um is able to find solutions for like a team that is not the maybe the most talented team but they still love it and go out every day and and try their best on the field yeah yeah i totally agree with you on that because i mean it differs because i have i have some players that they no matter what they just have that hungry mindset that okay i messed up i'm gonna do it again and get better do it again getting better yeah and because at the end of the day they're they are do playing their hobby you know they love playing soccer that's their hobby that's what they do in their free time so they shouldn't they shouldn't really feel up too upset if they lose a game or win a game it's they enjoy playing soccer and and and, and there's worse things in the in life than losing a soccer game or losing many soccer games it's their hobby and and they should always love what they're doing regardless of the result yeah yeah so let's say like if that happens to me right how would you coach me to um like let's say i have a negative attitude right and i mess up the session and i mess up a drill during a session right and i'm just like sad i'm like upset about it how can you help me to understand that it's okay just have a little laugh about it you know like you have to see it in a positive way and yeah. there, there shouldn't feel like too much pressure i mean if i see a player struggling um then i first of all i'm trying to get to know the player first of all because in, yeah. in not every player ticks the same one player gets really upset one player gets really angry and as a coach you really have to kind of identify how to handle these personalities so uh, uh, maybe a little joke sometimes helps uh, a little bit of a hug helps like every player ticks different that's why there's no real formula of yeah. how you deal with a player that performs bad some need a little bit of some need like a bit of criticism and they play much better that's why man management and that's what Brandon Rogers said when when he when I was with Leicester City and at the highest level he said the man management is my most important thing as a coach uh, i have to make sure that players respect me and i have to give them time and i have to make sure i know how i manage everyone because if yeah. you do that that's half of the credit you can get as a coach already yeah love the answer yeah i mean you got to understand every single pr- uh, player of your team your uh, training to be able to coach them the right way that i love that answer thank um, you yeah i mean uh so you came to you live in california right now correct yeah so i moved to california in may and, may. and my wife was always here yeah. in california and she loves California and yeah I've been there less than a yeah. year yeah in the pandemic you know we were lived in Manhattan and yeah. it was not the nicest place to be in the middle of the virus you know yeah. being stuck in like uh, an apartment and so on so we decided to just leave everything behind and just move to yeah. California and and I, I'm happy I did it because otherwise I would have never had the same same style in the same life than now yes, because, yes. Uh, sometimes in life you have to risk something not just sure. in the game as a player or as a coach just in life you have to be able to take risk because you you never know um what's going to happen at the end of the day all right we're going to take a quick break from the podcast and if you're enjoying this episode so far please share it with your friends and family as it's the only way we can grow this podcast well besides leaving five star reviews Thank you in advance and now let's get back to the podcast. Yeah. Um I mean I did was 
uh, the pandemic the reason for that or were you thinking of it uh, beforehand yeah we were always thinking our future with kids and family it's yeah. one point it's going to be california yeah. but uh, that we decided to do it so quickly was just because of covid yeah and we yeah. thought it was the perfect moment because we knew it's going to take a while so why not doing it now so we did it right right yeah. what was the what was what were some challenges that came with that because obviously when you were set your business in uh you know my business i mean your training business and like coaching in one state and then you move to a whole nother coast right from east to west uh what were some challenges that came across my name was insecurities you know i mean you i had good positions as a coach in new york i knew a lot of people and i was very well connected there so it was really I had an easy, easy life there in New York in terms of the game. I always knew I was going to get something good there. But uh, at the, at one day, I, I, we just said we're leaving. We're leaving everything behind. So I had to make sure I kind of started a new life in the game. I didn't know anyone there when I, when I started to move here. And, and, and I left all my jobs behind and I came here with nothing. So um, um, even though I had good um, background as a coach, I mean, I was with Leicester City, as mentioned. So um, that was good, but no one knew about that here. So I had to start from the bottom. I, I started teaching individually, groups and so on. And, and, and then the word of mouth and with my social media, as I'm not sure if you've seen my video and um, how I started here. I, I just played on a wall, did some trick yeah, shots. Yeah, I and, mean, I remember we, I mean, I don't know if you remember, we used to follow each other from the beginning, like, like I would say like seven months now. Yeah, I remember, yeah. Them, I remember those videos that you do, uh, did on those three walls, which I mean, I found very creative. And besides you being a great coach, I, uh, you're a great marketer. I'll tell you that. You're really good at marketing your... Um, Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I did. A, I I have a master's degree in communications and and PR, so yeah, that helps, helps me a little bit yeah. in 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 that stuff. But I knew that in that time of the virus, everyone is at home uh, watching videos. That's why I wanted to move exactly in that moment, and I also wanted to go to this wall and play yeah. around a little bit, so people see I'm new in California, and I even had it in my bio, you know new to Kali. So I kept yeah. going every day, try to do something new, cool. And, and that was part of the strategy then. And then that really helped um, making people realize I'm living in California now. And then that's how I built my brand. Yeah. That was the start yeah. of everything. Yeah, I remember. Um, do you, uh, was that like how you got your first client in California or like? Yes, from so I mean, that's how they saw that I live here now because all my followers and all my people that I knew were all in New York. Mm -hmm. And and no one, I didn't know anyone in California. Yeah. But uh, at one day, if you have a new, if you're trying to something new, you have to try out different um, methods. And I thought this is going to be a good method. And um, starting with these trick shots to get people around in this area to see my page, and and then it's I started getting one, two, three, four clients, and then yeah. multiplied, multiplied, word of mouth, word of mouth, and. And then now I have like 10 sessions every day. Then yeah, um, I can pick my own hours. I can, I, I, I there's always demand. So, and I, I'm happy I can do this because here I can do it all year long. And I knew that in New York, you can't do that. It's snowing, it's cold. Yeah. Same and, here. Yeah. 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 I mean, Virginia too, like, cause we were like kind of close to New York, like four or five hours, but like, it's pretty cool. So it's like, I would say like eight to nine months from a year. But California is definitely a great choice for that because it's warm throughout the whole year. 
And I mean, I'm happy for you. I'm really happy for you that you've accomplished. I mean, it's not something new to you, but again, like you had to start from the beginning, but in such a short uh, amount of time, kudos to you, man. It's, it's a big yeah, accomplishment. Yeah, I mean, sure. uh, again, you've uh, uh, appreciated that, 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 that it worked out also that you interview me in this podcast yeah. and, and as you speak about it, because I don't always speak about it too much, but it's nice to speak about it, how everything started oh, yeah, and, and, sure. and I'm happy that the way it worked out like that so far, but yes. I want to keep going, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's not, the, it's just the beginning, right? Yeah, true. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you have, um, your UEFA B license, correct? You're almost getting your A. Correct. Level. That's, that's yeah, great. Um, UEFA B, yes. Yeah. So, um, are they like, I have this question for, I mean, this is mostly about coaches that are pursuing their career and getting their licenses, right? Or the first, first question is, are they worth it? Right. And the second question is, what are the most valuable lessons you've learned from the courses that you've taken so far? So, yeah, I have taken all my, my licenses for the, from the U.S. Soccer Federation up to the B and, and the same with the UEFA up to the B. Um, right. And I, I really wanted to do both because I just wanted to see what are the difference in the values and the methods and how everything works. Uh, I, I, to be honest, I like the UEFA license much better. Even though I learned a lot in the in the U.S.'s licenses as well, but um, it's just very expensive, um, and I think education for a coach, I think it's just a little bit overpriced. Uh, yes, you 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 learn a lot, but not everyone has a lot of funds to pay for these coaches and for these licenses. You know, so I think yes, it's important to get licenses, but just. To an extent, if you are a coach that that doesn't make a lot of money yet, and then he has to pay five thousand dollars for a license. That's a lot of money for 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 a young coach, you know. So, at the end of the day, it really depends on your situation and and also how much you need money to uh, to to register for these courses because it's it's very expensive. I know there are some scholarship opportunities now for coaches and so on. But really? yeah, the the game is if you want to be in the pro game, you need all the licenses. That's yeah. just the way it is. If you are going to be a, a business owner and you want to be in the youth game, youth coaching, private coaching, I think you need to have at least a UEFA B to be really good to 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 know how to coach each level. And especially if you want to coach adults, you need to know what you're talking about with adults too. But yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of making the li getting licenses, and uh, you have to do it. But yeah. you don't need to get a UEFA Pro license if you don't yeah, want right. to work in a pro game. Yeah, um, I mean, what were the? Have you learned any valuable lessons that were only taught to you from the courses, not from experience? Well, I mean, it depends on what what um, rubrique or what what. Um, a subject. I mean, there is some things I learned from the course, especially in the U.S. licenses. They put a lot of value on on session planning online on the computer, I, which I really never done before and never really do. Still, I do it with a paper and because I, I I'm I, I like it personally better. So that's something I I learned from the the U.S. licenses, and then from the 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 the, the European licenses, it was just very deep. And a good background, good information. And um, so 
I learned in every license, in every course, I learned something new. Uh, but obviously, as a player that played in Germany and the US, I knew a lot of things already prior. And 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 yeah, but for sure, I learned something. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, sadly, in America, everything is more of a business, right, rather than um, giving away kind of stuff. Because I know in Europe, like clubs, they don't charge anything. They barely charge any funds, right? And but here, it's like from a grand to three, four thousand dollars, and that's that. That might be a lot for a lot of uh, parents that. I mean, their kids might be very good, but since they don't have the funds for that, they can't sign the kids. I'm a single. Yeah, the, you have to see the bigger picture. So in the US, I mean, everything is paid to play. Yeah. Or for, for If you want to get a quality piano lesson or a quality tutor, you have to pay a, a good right. amount of money. So that's why it's just it's just the way America works and, and yeah. the way um, it, it is here. So um, it's, just, it's just normal here. So yeah. that's why... The biggest fan of comparing it to Europe because it's a lot different there. And 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 if you want to get a good soccer lesson, uh, if you're a qualified coach, it's it's it's, it's normal to to pay a, a fee because yeah. um like as mentioned, if you want to have a good math tutor, you have to pay a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, um, that's good. Um, so talking about um. Uh, America in coaching. What do you think? I mean, from your experience so far, what do you think is missing in today's coaching style in uh, America? Yeah, I think a, a passion. It's very hard to find coaches with a lot of passion and they really love the game, like in and out. I mean, a lot of coaches like it, but they like it because they make money, and and that's that's I yeah, I understand it's their job and that's the main priority to make money. But I believe if you really love what you're doing, and 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 then the money comes secondary, and you're gonna make your way up to the way that you can make a lot of money with it. Because I think if a lot of coaches just put the money second and just really uh, love what they're doing, and and that's something that's it's it's not so common that the coach really loves 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 coaching. How would you implement that if you were to change that? Right. It's Add pretty more. difficult. It's difficult because it's 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 the people need to make money to coach too. You know, I just I see that sometimes, like especially in the personal training level, coaches just want to do it for the money. And and which I think is very sad because at the end of the day you have to love what you're doing and you have to have passion because that way, if you if you don't look at the time, or uh, when is the session done? When can I go home? Then the player develops and yeah. and, and 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 you having fun in your job too. So I, I think passion and love is not something for the game that a lot of coaches have ultimately. Yeah, yeah, love the answer. Yeah. Um. Let's go back to Ballmaster because I really want to touch on that because there's like a huge um, debate on whether it's effective or not, right? Some coaches say um, it's better to use um, dribbling uh, drills that are like in game style, right? So it's like you would actually use it in games. And some are actually saying that, no, you need to learn how to have do Ballmaster to have better close touches. So when you're in tight spaces, blah, blah, blah like that. So What's your thought on that? Yeah, so everything should be game-like. I mean, as an advanced player, 
um, if you're a good soccer player and um, and already and you don't ha you have the the basics already, I would make everything game like. What's in the game? Game has sometimes scenarios where there's no space, and sometimes you have to have this, um, um, a lot of space, right? So you should have both included in the training session, Dri dribbling exercises in tight space and larger spaces. So it really depends on the ability level of the player. If a player is a beginner tight space exercise to handle the ball are very beneficial because that way they get a feeling for the ball and they, they learn the basic techniques of of the game dribbling techniques but if it's a advanced youth player that already has the basics he doesn't need to dribble around in the box anymore uh, in a tight box but for a, yeah, for a, a beginner i would say yes but generally speaking if everything is as game like as possible that's the best you can do, and 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 because the the game is the best teacher, and 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 that way players develop if everything is similar to the game. Love that answer, because I mean, you you basically said it spot on. Because first, I mean, obviously it's a better option to add both of them to the training, right? Because I mean, why not, right? Why should be there an, an argument like, oh no, this one's better than that? Because both of them are beneficial, but at a right time and right stage in players uh development and i'm really glad you brought that up yeah um, and i can't yeah. really that anyways too much it really depends on the level uh, if 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 you have a, a u10 session with um fc barcelona you know you you can do other stuff than if you have a u10 rec team yeah. you know so that the training structure really depends on the level you're coaching at and and the the, the less the less um, advanced the player are, the more focus should be on ball mastery and, and on the basic, basic, basic part. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. But everything uh, the ball and even right. I'm not sure if you if you if you know Bayern Munich's philosophy and or, uh, I think I posted it one time on Instagram um, from U8 to 11 every warm up is with the ball and, and it's about dribbling one on one skills feints everything with the ball and that's yeah. the, the current Champions League winner Bayern Munich and they do it so everyone should have ball mastery exercise just depends on the size and and, and the of the of the the exercise should vary so they they really have always something new to do in a different setting and a different exercise right yeah i mean yeah i mean it's always good to for us at least in america to take away from what other well-established countries are doing in, in the game of soccer because i feel like that's the only sport that we're kind of left behind right and we need a lot of catching up to do to in order to get into those uh, be able to compete with those teams like Germany, France, Brazil, England, all that. So it's always good to see what they're doing, that they're developing their um, youth and implement it in our style. So I, I'm glad you brought that up as well. Um, if I have uh, this question that is more about state of mind, right? How can we overcome doubts and disbeliefs that our own mind creates? Because I've seen that a lot, especially in the uh, youth. And I don't know if you've experienced that so far, but like if you were to answer that question, how would you answer? 
Yeah, so doubting is, is is a big big one in soccer, especially. I think that it's a lot of times it's mental strength that decides if a player goes up down the line or not, um, because a lot of players still are afraid to do mistakes, and and it's part of the job of the coach to be really positive, and that's just my belief to be really positive that the players are not afraid to do any mistakes anymore. Um, if, because if that's the case, you're going to get mentally stronger and just make sure you push the fun of the game. And and if, if you're afraid to do a mistake, you're going to do the mistake. Or right. if you're yeah. your game scared, then you're not going in your full potential. You're you're holding back and, and, and that's no one can perform the best way like that. Yeah, yeah, love it. Um, if And I mean, I know you're kind of short on time. You got to get to go somewhere. Um, if we could, if you could take out one trait and add something else to today's coaching style, what would it be? Yeah, I, I would really, and, and I think I mentioned it before. I, I think the most important aspect of coaching, and that doesn't really matter if you are a pro coach, uh, a parent coach, or a beginner coach, or an advanced coach, is. The players need to have fun and need to see that you care about them as individuals. Because if if there's a good relationship between the coach and the players, the players will give you that extra on the field and they will also always try to listen to you and, and, and try to get better every single day because they're having fun and, and they know that the coach is someone they can trust on. I think that's very important that 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 humanity and that, 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 that relationship exists between a teacher and, uh, and, and the player. Because if that's there, you don't need to be the, 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 the best coach in the world, but they know you are there for them and whatever it counts and you will get it back as a coach. Love that answer. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because the human connection is what's not missing, but it's less of, and we really need a, put more focus on that to be able to connect with the players individually as well to be able to help them better as they help us with their feedback so i 100 percent agree with that um i mean thank you so much for being on today's uh podcast it honestly means a lot to me and yeah <laughs> it's just it's a very good uh it's a pleasure but if um if people if audiences if the listeners want to reach out to you and find you how can they uh reach out to you? Yeah, so they can they can reach out to me via DM on Instagram or there my email is also on my account and they feel free to email I always get back and 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 it was a pleasure speaking too I really enjoyed it you had some great questions and great answers um of you also so i'm i'm happy to speak with you and 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 hopefully we can do this maybe again and thank you for of course yeah i will definitely uh put out the links for michael's um social media and all that in the description so you can check it out but without a further ado ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning into our podcast today besides that have a great day bye-bye